This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 114 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Wild rides, barns, and games. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at OmegaAlpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at EquestrianCollections.com. Plus, Uncle Jimmy's, and you can find them at Uncle-Jimmy's.com. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Helena, we're back. Oh, it's so nice. It seems like back. forever since we recorded together. Uh, you know, we have, our, been, <laughs> and we have our own morning. This is our own show to talk about our own stuff. Yeah, pretty much. We're, this is just going to be, we're going to get uh, Kathleen on the phone and find out where the heck she is in the country. And she's probably in Nova Scotia by now. <laughs> it's been weeks since we talked to her. And then uh, we're going to just chat about your new barn and my experiences over at the WAG, and we're just going to have a little chat session today. All right. I, you have your coffee, I have my tea, and I think we're good to go. We are good to go. We are. <coughs> All right. So who's up first? What's well, up first? Well, what are we doing? well, first, I wanted to mention that uh, we're less than a week away from the new show, From Horses in the Morning. We'll talk a little bit about that this morning, too. Starts November 1st uh, with Jamie and I at 9 o'clock and my wife, Jennifer. 9 o'clock in the morning. We're working on some technology issues now. So hopefully we'll have that all in place. We're going to do a dry run on uh, Monday. Okay, dress rehearsal. Yeah, dress rehearsal on Monday. I'm going to try okay. and con you into coming on and being one of our fake guests. <laughs> so, That's uh, not a problem. I can do that. <laughs> can you fake a guest? I think so. Uh, Who should I be? <laughs> Ooh, that'll give me something. Oh, I get to be somebody. Yeah, you could be somebody else. You could be like some famous person. Okay. Some famous Helena. Okay. Well, we, uh, we also want to thank all of our guest hosts over the last four weeks. We had a variety of shows. Boy, we covered a little bit of everything over the last four weeks. And, uh, you know, I think we explained before we went into our period of uh, the recorded episodes during the WAG that all of those guest hosts were actually trying out for the host spot on the new morning show. That was their audition, was doing a stable scoop show, and they all did a great job. And it was from those, uh, from those guest host spots that Jamie Jennings was picked for the morning show. So uh, it was a lot of fun. We did everything from Girl Scouts to Civil War reenactors over the last couple of weeks to Chris Cox and, you know, just a whole bunch of different things. So we hope everybody enjoyed those. But now we're back. Now it's Helene and I back again. Whether you like us or not, we're it. This is it. <laughs> this is all you get for the next rest of the year. Well, we'll try to do you proud. We'll, we'll, we'll work on well, it. Well, you know, know what I wouldn't ask you? Are we going to do, I assume we're still, you know, we have the Tack and Habit show now. Yeah. Which we yeah. talk about products, but I assume we're still going to do our Christmas episode here uh, with all the Christmas buying gifts and have uh, Chris on from Equestrian Collections and talk about all the cool stuff for the holidays. You know, the more the, the more shows that we can do Christmas stuff on, holiday stuff, <laughs> the better. I mean, I can talk about stuff all day long. So, well, good. yeah, well, we're going to do that. I wanted to ask you that because we hadn't talked about that. And... But, you know, we do need to broaden the holiday umbrella there. It, it, it's We call it the Christmas episode, but, you know, there's the Hanukkah uh, gift giving. There's Kwanzaa. Well, we'll just call it there's... the gift buying episode because we well, don't how, care well, why well, they're buying I, them. No, no. I like holiday. <laughs> oh, Maybe holiday? We do holiday because it is the holiday season. Right? Okay, you buy the holiday gifts, I'll buy the Christmas gifts. That's fine. All right, we'll do it that way. <laughs> That's so, fine. <laughs> um, so we're going to just talk about a lot of fun stuff. Because I, I was thinking about maybe making my birthday a holiday. <laughs> your birthday, when is your birthday? Oh, it's in July. Oh, yeah, I thought so. I thought that was over already. You don't got another one for a long time yet. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's what we're going to do today. We're, for, I think the first thing we should probably do is get Kathleen on the line. People have waited uh, for four weeks now to find out if she's still alive and still traveling. And I know she's had some experiences since we talked to her last, like, like always. Uh, and did you know that uh, my wife and I are leaving tomorrow, which will be Thursday as we're recording this, and we're heading to Eastern Ohio to meet with Kathleen. Really? We're going to be staying with uh we're going to be staying with Jackie Baker of Regarding Horses. Yep, Jackie, fabulous. Yeah, we're going to be staying at her house and we're going to put Kathleen up in a hotel and take her out to dinner and uh Jackie has arranged for a nice place for them to stay in East Canton, Ohio. Uh a nice bar a nice private barn. Their horses are going to be staying at that night. So 
So we're going to go up and meet Kathleen, get a couple pictures with her, see how she's doing, check out her horses, and uh, just uh, give you... An, we're going to try and record a little segment with her in person. Yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll have that hopefully in next week's Stable Scoop show. We'll I, and she might not be the touchy-feely kind of person, but when you see her, please give her a big hug okay, from we'll me. Because we'll that's do. what I would do is just hug her. I don't know well, what else she... I could say to her except just give her a big hug and then a slap on the back. Well, I think she's <laughs> going to uh, bust your chops a little because she texted me last night to find out if you were coming. And I said, no, you live in Rhode Island. You're a little far away. Um, you know what it takes for me to travel. I know. <laughs> and you got horses at home. You can't go anywhere now. I know. Well, now I will be able to <laughs> soon. Soon. Good, we'll because talk. they really want us to come back. I didn't tell you. They really want us to come back for the Tack and Habit show to the next ADA conference in January. Oh, that's no uh, problem. Yeah, that he, I said, can... he said the response was terrific. He abs- the organizers there. Uh, Hopper Exposition said, Kent said that the, uh, the response was terrific and they'd love for us to come back and do it again. So. And you know, the, one of the nicest things about um, returning from that show is that I'm, I'm going to all the retailer websites and catalogs and things and I'm seeing a lot of what we saw at the show, new things, you know, appearing in the catalog. So it looks like it, it, I don't know, I'm excited about the new products that we saw there because they're now available to the rest of the world. Oh, we had a blast. That was so much fun. I mean, it I was, it's just fun to always get together with you, which we don't do too often. So. No, I know. All right, I know, let's... except I have to wear high heels next time. <laughs> <laughs> All those pictures with people over 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> yeah, but you have to wear your riding britches so you can try out the saddles. Oh, no more skirts for me. <laughs> All right, let's get Kathleen on here and see how she's doing. Well, hey, Kathleen, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks, and you've covered half the country since we talked last. Yes, I have. And what was your name again? I've, I've forgotten. <laughs> it's Fred. <laughs> Fred. And oh, is... yes, it was Fred and Elena. I remember Helena. That's, that's the, oh, yeah, she you. remembers you. That figures. So, <laughs> wow, see you I... really did cover some ground. You're yes. in Mansfield, Ohio. Yeah, she, she did. Yep. She's flying. So you've had quite a few experiences since we've talked to you last. You were in, I think you were in Kansas when we last talked to you. I've never been in Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) You can see our our host has his back straight. Yeah, we were somewhere. You were somewhere out there coming across the flat part of the country. The last time I remember talking to you, you were in South Dakota, I think. No, so never South miss... Dakota. When did I go to South Dakota? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was in South Dakota after I got out of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for heaven's sakes! I'm just happy you're in the in North America. All right. So, you're right. In, you, so you are pretty much. I mean, you you you're like ninety percent of the way. Oh yeah, I have about three and a half weeks left in this trip. Now, where do you plan on ending up? I got that question at dinner last night when we were chatting about you. I'm not sure. It's probably somewhere about um, Bradley Beach or north of there. It just depends on how I can get across Pennsylvania, which will be entertaining at best. So you're planning on going through New Jersey or Delaware? New Jersey. Oh. You're going to go this whole way and you're going to get killed in New Jersey. That's what's going to... She's not going to get killed in New Jersey. South Jersey's just fine. Oh. (laughs) Gosh, it's all farms down there. (laughs) Clearly, the fella never gets out of Lexington. I'm going to Northridge. I'm going to go to Atlantic City. That's what I was thinking. Head right into a casino. Just ride right in. And you know what, Kathleen? Nobody would even notice. Probably not. Should we get Donald to uh, meet you over there to greet you? Oh, sure. You can put me up in the Taj Mahal. <laughs> so you're you're in Mansfield. You're actually in the middle of a town, it sounds like, right now. I am in the middle of town, yes. Now you had. A, I was hoping to get through down. I wanted to ask how your knee was. You had the unfortunate experience of your horse. One of the horses went down, and you went down, and everybody uh, sort of went uh, in a ball. And yeah, we were crossing driveways in um, Hannah City in Illinois, and we crossed the driveway that had just been sealed. Uh, sorry oh. about the truck. And uh, it's like glass, and so we got all four feet on it, and I was on delightful, and she started to lose her footing, and I tried to help her up, but she couldn't. Maintain it, and so she went sideways, and I managed to stop her fall with my knee. So she's pretty good, but I think my kneecap might be pretty messed up. Oh, yeah. it's, it's still a little painful. Why is it always the kneecaps? It's always the knees that get it. You know the parts uh, that you uh, really need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? That's right, Kathy. We'll just we'll just fit you with some bionics or something. You'll be better and faster and <laughs> worth a million dollars. There you go, and I can have that cool theme music all the time. Yes. So you've been, you'd actually just got off a week of vacation too. You took a little time off and gave the horses a break. 
Yeah, we took a week off in Upper Sandusky to let him rest and gain some weight because we've got about three and a half weeks to push to the coast now. So what's the, what, so the plan is you want to ride onto the beach? We've got to ride down to the beach, get off, and hopefully we can find somebody who will ship him back home for me. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a problem. Well, she did find a generous donor that uh, has donated you a laptop so you can finally start writing that book. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I did, actually. She did, and I started um, yesterday. Oh, great. Wow. What, what, I, I do it when I'm at McDonald's, and people come up and talk to me, so I can't get a lot done. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'd be interested to see what the opening paragraph would say. <clears throat> Chapter one. It's holy crap. <laughs> no, your first line was, you might think this is crazy. See, but. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be your opening line now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, so you, so here you are in Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, it looks like you have a couple of choices to get through Pennsylvania. You, you could either go Route 80 or 76. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I'm going to try and go as close to 80 as I can. I can't go on 80 itself because it's an interstate, and I'm not allowed on the interstate. Right. So um, I'm going to try and take the back roads I can close to 80, so go through the northern part. Okay, so okay. you are going to go through the northern part of the state. You are going to end up in northern. Just don't go through Newark, okay, when you get into Jersey? Just oh, get... I think it'd be fun to ride right through Newark. Yeah, that, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun. It, you, <laughs> you won't forget that kind of fun. <laughs> but, but you know, seriously, though, if you're, you're coming in along Route 80, she's, she, she is coming into horse country in, in New Jersey, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, so, is, oh, that yeah. part of Jersey is horse country. So that's you'll you'll be well received there, and I'm sure you'll get some really good advice about the safest way to get to the beach. Yeah, that'll avoid the muggings I'm and sure. the shootings and things through Jersey yeah. there. Yeah, and now uh, there isn't going to be any muggings or shootings. I'm on very large animals; they tend to back people off. Well, that's and you know that is true. That is that's, true. Yeah. I know that's so. True. You're sort of following Route 30 right now, actually the uh, the old Lincoln Highway. Um, Yes, I'm on the old Lincoln Highway trying to get back to it. It's a little hard to find the old Lincoln Highway out of Mansfield to Wooster, which is where I'm headed today. A big, long day of 30-something miles. Oh, wow. So you are going to be going quite a ways. And then I'm supposed to be seeing you here at the end of the week. Yeah, that's why I'm pushing my poor little horses to the brink of exhaustion, just so I could see you guys. Oh, uh, well, you don't have to do Guilt. that. We can hang around up there and wait for Guilt. you to show up. Jeez. Well, You're... now, wait, 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 wait. I have more questions. Okay. Gosh, it's been weeks since I've had a chance to talk to Kathleen. <laughs> What's the weather like? Uh, it's actually a beautiful day, but it's a little chilly. Okay. Thank you. I think it's probably about 40 or so right now. And and do you have warm enough clothing? Um, it's okay for now. I'm probably going to need to get some long underwear and stuff here in the next few days. And are your horses growing their coats? Are they getting fuzzy? Oh, yeah, they're getting really fuzzy. They're starting to look incredibly attractive with their puffiness. <laughs> That's fabulous. And so, I mean, you're coming into uh, the next three weeks is really uh, can be a very beautiful time, depending on, you know, if you're going through the mountains or you're going through Pennsylvania. Right. It's, yes. It should sort of be pretty beautiful. It will be gorgeous. But you guys got to remember, I'm from Oregon. We have falls like that all the time. That's true. Yeah, no. With all well, those pretty tracing colors and the different deciduous trees. Have you? I wanted to ask. Did, have you brought a? Have you taken a lot of pictures or not? I have taken a lot. Um, not as much lately, but yeah, I try to take things that are special in each town or, or area that I go through. Okay. Have you taken pictures of the people you've stayed with? No, I haven't. Okay, just thought. I think I'm going to do that on my next trip. <laughs> Is You're that kidding, across South right? America? <laughs> <laughs> Europe? My next trip. Yes. My next trip. <laughs> next, I might just go Canada, with you, Mexico. Let's make it a team effort. <laughs> no, actually, I'm thinking about doing the same exact trip next year, but on my horse and seeing if we can set an unofficial record. Jeez, look at her go. Yeah. Well, She's, I've made enough she... friends and places to stay that I don't need to take a pack horse. I can just have a place every night for me and the horse, and that way we can just move. You know, that's actually probably, you, you know, it, it's just like a first run for anything. you got to work the kinks out, and then the next time it's, you know, 150% better. We're on episode 114, yeah. and we haven't worked the kinks out yet. You know what, <laughs> Kathleen? <laughs> you know, Wait a minute. <laughs> Light bulb just went off. Uh -oh. You could do guided cross-country... Right. Oh, you could make money doing this. Well, wait. Yeah, you could. <laughs> oh, this Lord. could be. You could establish. <laughs> you could establish a route 
that you crossed the United <laughs> States in. And, you know, it's just like, what's his name? Who takes people up to the moon? That's you right. can charge like $6 million a trip. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's hoping that uh, she can write this book, get it published, and, and uh, make a little before the next trip. I think. Hey, she's the one who said she wanted to do it again. <laughs> All right, Kathleen. Well, yes, but I'd like to do it crazy fast, and most people don't want to do that. <laughs> crazy fast. Well, well, you know, I just spent an evening last night uh, with a lady who used to uh, be an endurance rider and did the Tevis Cup, did the expanded Tevis Cup, which is 200 miles. And she was telling some of her, you know, ex- adventures. So this would be just like one big, huge Tevis Cup. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Kathleen, we'll let you go. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you a little bit longer, hopefully in person. We, maybe we'll record for next week's show. We'll just do a little bit of, about some of the adventures over the last several weeks. And, uh, okay, that'd I, be cool. I'm sure that all our listeners are happy that you're okay, and we'll be posting this on your Facebook page. They haven't heard from you in person in a while either, so um, <laughs> and your fan base keeps growing over there. So that's, oh yeah. And you know, I wanted to tell you too when you come in uh, when when you get into East Canton, where we're going to meet you, uh, we have a place lined up for the horses, a nice private farm, uh, and then uh, Jackie Baker, who who is arranging all of this. Uh, does one of the most popular blogs in the horse world called Regarding Horses, and she's already done an article on you this week, and she's hoping to do another one after she meets you, and we'll take some pictures and stuff. So, um, oh, sure. So I think that that's also boosted your numbers a little bit on Facebook, too. So we thank Jackie. Yeah, I love having my picture taken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm coming. You're getting your picture taken. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later this week. All right. Take care, Kathleen. You too, Elena. Bye. I can't believe she's in Ohio already. I know. You know, I can't believe already. It's been like four months. And <laughs> so. when you look, and you know, it's funny because I, I think of Ohio as being this middle of the United States. But when you actually look at the United States, Ohio is pretty much, She's you know, 80% probably. The eastern third. She's 80, 85%. 80%. She would be on what we consider, as soon as she crosses into Pennsylvania, we consider that the east coast. So. Yes, right. So although she's going to realize Pennsylvania's a big state, you know, when you go from side to side and drive it, it's almost east to eight west, hours. West east, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a big state. It's going to take her a, it's going to take her a week or two to cross Pennsylvania. Really? It takes eight hours to go from west yeah, to east? If you go from Philadelphia over to Pittsburgh, you know, from one end to the other, it's almost eight hours driving the turnpike. That's yeah, a big state. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to have a she's going to have a, a trip through Pennsylvania and then the dangerous part through uh, your old, old home stomping ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's take a break uh, for a commercial, uh, you know, and then let's come back and let's start. Let's talk about your barn next, and then we'll talk about my experiences at WEG. Uh, but you know, this commercial is for Omega Alpha, and, and one of their sponsored riders is Jessica Phoenix. And Jessica, you know, had one of the most memorable times at WEG of anybody. She didn't win. It's not a gold medal that we're, we're talking about here. She just had one of the most infamous rides on cross country and had the video and the pictures to prove it. She got to the water jump. Well, you describe it. You just watched it for the first time, the video. Uh, and I replayed it about 11 times. And we'll put the video, a link to it in our show notes. And forgive me because I'm not... I am no equestrian commentator, but she is in the water complex and she was going over a bank jump and man, her horse jumps big, 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 big. He's known for jumping huge. Jumped huge. And he, I mean, I don't know if you would call it over jumping, but he over jumped this and his forward momentum just shoved his head down into the water. She stayed on and most people looking at this video would have no idea how she stayed on. But after watching it 11 times, <laughs> you look at this video, this girl's seat is so tight on her horse. Her balance is so exemplary over that jump. That's how she stayed on. And her her horse is so athletic and so energetic that it's almost like how could he not recover from that? Any other horse would have been stew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know what's interesting too is, you know, she's a young rider. She's not that old. She's probably in her mid twenties, would you say? I think that's what she is about. And uh, you know, she was the one, if you remember right, that just had a baby in April. She did because she we had her on the Valentine episode. Yes. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And she had her baby, and she rode up to the day before she had her baby, and three weeks after she had her baby, she was doing a a three day event. Only, I, I, honestly, the, what a greatly matched pair. 
she yes. is with her horse. Uh, both of them, you just their athleticism screams well, well, top she, level. That wasn't all of her wild ride. That that video, by the way, is worth seeing. It's just amazing how she stayed. It was it was it was really the infamous moment of the World Equestrian Games. And the and picture, after he but after he recovered, he didn't just recover. He recovered he flew and, out of there. <laughs> and flew out of there. Now he did have a big knee the next day, and they had to pull him. He never did finish. Um, they, they pulled him before show jumping and she, she's, he's recovered now and he's fine. Uh, but she did have to pull him the next day. But later on in that course at jump number 14 or something was where I was standing with, with Darcy and, and, uh, uh, I think Jennifer and I and Darcy were out there and we saw her coming through 14, which was a triple jump. You know, they had three jumps yep. in a row. She lost both her stirrups on the first of the jumps. Oh and she rode the next two without stirrups. You know how big these jumps are? Yes, you know, I do. on those four star courses. They're huge. They're like four or five foot tall. Yeah, and she yeah. rode those both without stirrups. Um, so she is a darn good little rider. I, ta- I talked to her after and I said, Jessie, that pony club training came in handy on that jump. And she <laughs> said, Yep, it sure did. Because they practice without stirrups. And that's why. <laughs> she was tight in the tack. I've never seen anybody that tight in the tack. She is an amazing little rider. She's going to go someplace. She's got a, a, a good career ahead of her. And, and she's got a good heart. Yes. She's smart. She's, she's well, you know, she's balancing her life out. I, I she, I, you know, one of the greatest things about being in the horse world is that there are heroes around every corner and she is destined to be a hero well, so I, will, many- I will say this i haven't said this on anybody we've been keeping it a kind of a secret but uh of who's going to be the first guests on the first day of the morning show of horses in the morning yeah and on november 1st at 9 a.m eastern um and it's going to be jessica we're having her on as the first guest because we're just you know we just want to talk about this with her and you know now that she's had time to recoup a little bit and think about it and plus she's just one of the most delightful people ever to talk to she is so and the reason i brought all this up and how it relates to omega alpha is jessica is is sponsored by omega alpha and here is a little bit of a commercial where jessica speaks about omega alpha Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And one of their users is international Canadian sensation event rider Jessica Phoenix. And we have Jessica on here for a second to tell us what she thinks about Omega Alpha. Well, hi, Jess. I hear that you use Omega Alpha. I do. I love their products. I've started using them this year, um, and the one product that I really love is Anti-Flam. It just takes the sting out of the horse's feet and keeps them moving comfortably. Um, and I know that from using it in our barn, a lot of horses would benefit from it. You can look for their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Well, Helena, that had to be the longest lead into a commercial ever in the history of commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but we just had to tell you about Jessica's ride. It was unbelievable. It was a, a, a sight worth seeing for sure. Yes. Well, now, you, when we left you last, you were in the, in the beginning stages of building a barn <laughs> for your horses. So you could finally, for the first time in your life, bring your horses home. Yes. And now yes. we've built the barn and the horses are home to fast forward a little bit. But uh, so take us back. We got through the barn and at last we knew you were you were breaking the bank and it was costing more than it was supposed to and all of that stuff. Yes. Yes. And I assume that continued. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. But, you know, every with because I've never built anything before. We've never built a new home. We've never put an addition on this. The whole process was brand new to me. So I looked to my builder to help me make decisions on what types of materials to use along the way. So I would tell him, you know, we had a. we had drawings, we had sketches and architect plans and stuff like that, but we, we never really discussed materials or exactly how the barn would function because whatever, I didn't know what I was doing. So anyway, I would turn to my builder often and say, you know, this is how I need the, the stalls to function. You tell me what kinds of materials would be best. And, you know, along the way, I just kept picking the better materials. Well, I've, because been, I've been looking at the pictures. I'm, I'm actually on your Facebook page now looking at the pictures, which we'll have to post some of uh, also yeah. on Stable Scoop. But uh, you, you picked nice stuff. This... <laughs> well, you know, it's not really that nice. It's not fancy. Like you would look at the barn and think, oh, that looks fancy. But it's not really. It's mo- most of the barn was done in southern yellow pine, which is not terribly expensive. We picked the tongue and groove kind because it's stronger. Well, I like the doors that you did with the fold-down uh, grates. I like those. 
And honestly, those only cost me $20 extra. Oh, really? Yeah. For door. Yep. So we went with aluminum because we do live near the ocean and things rust. Things, yeah. I mean, it's very moist here. So we had to go with aluminum. Again, the cost to go with aluminum was only, you know, 50 to $60 more than steel. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't incredibly um, more. It was just a little bit more. But, of course, you pay a little bit more here and there, and it adds up. Right. Uh, but there were things like the vents that I have, um, the air vents that I have in the, the bottoms of the stalls. That's really important. When we had Blackburn Architects on Stable Scoop last year, do you remember that? Yes. Yep. Okay. I remember him telling us one of the most important ways to ventilate your barn was from bottom to top. And not a lot of people plan that kind of airflow. Everybody thinks that the flow should go, you know, from one big door out the other. So I thought that it was important to get these little vents in there. And again, that only costs a couple of bucks extra. But when you add it all up, <laughs> the end of the day. <laughs> it all adds up. The, um, but I learned a lot of lessons. You know, electricity. We, you need lights in a barn. I'm sorry. You, you, you do. Um, and that costs a lot of money to have it wired. Um, and you had you guys were attaching this to another building that was already existing too. So yes, so that yes. was a little different. It wasn't like it was a standalone cookie cutter kind of thing. No, which you know I thought it would be less expensive to just put an addition onto an existing. It's like a, a cottage. It's like a guest cottage on the house. It's in the shape of a old Victorian barn. So I figured, well, we're just putting on a two stall addition. Really, how expensive could this be? But it, you're right. It turned out to be more expensive to put this on than to put a standalone. If we started from scratch and built a four stall barn, it probably would have cost me the same. Yeah, right, right. So yeah. are, is it done now? No. Okay. <laughs> the horses are home. The horses are home. I'm we still have pictures of them looking, uh, looking out at the grass going, why are we in a stall and not out eating the grass? Yes. Well, we had to do, oh, there's so much to, you know, you think you know what you're doing. Like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I can bring my horses home. I can take care of them. And then they get home and you are like very quickly rewound, rewound to novice horse owner. You know, <laughs> uh, I had to get grazing muzzles for them because they've been on sand all year long. And the grass here is pretty rich. So, you know, I put the grazing muzzles on them and, you know, within 20 minutes, I'm on the phone to your wife, Jen. <laughs> How long does it take horses to figure out grazing muzzles? And of course, she laughs knowingly. <laughs> did they figure them out? They did. Yeah, Zeke okay. figured it out first, but Pi was still shaking his head by the end of the day. Now, oh, am I seeing only two stalls here? Is it two? two? We have two stalls, but okay. the aisle way is set up such that we could make a third stall if we cut that aisle in half. Uh, see, I'm thinking, I was thinking, oh, good, that's good for the horse husband. That we're guaranteed to only have two horses, but... Well, it's true. It would take a little bit of effort to make that third stall a third stall. However, um, <laughs> it's there because, it, you know, you have two horses. You take one off the property. The other one has a complete meltdown. So I, I built in that functionality just in case we needed to get a companion animal. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A pony for Gracie. Yes, that's coming up. It's <laughs> going to be. It's, and you know, it's funny because I have two, two, two stalls and two horses. And I'm, in my head, I'm already like, well, I could get like, you know, a dra some kind of draft cross for Peter, a pony for Grace. A my barn isn't even done and I'm already outgrowing it in my head. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to tell everybody, too, one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. And Jennifer listened to it yesterday and she just loved it. You have to go over to Tack and Have It and listen to episode 23 and listen to Helena describe the placing of the mats in the barn. It was mm -hmm. one of the funniest stories. It will have you laughing. And anybody that's ever had to move mats by themselves, the rubber mats you put in your stalls, will relate to it. It's just, it, it, she just could so see you. I'm not going to give it away. You have to go <laughs> listen to it because it is a funny story. Um, it is so funny. And we can just picture you. It just, it just is funny. Yeah. yeah. My teeth. Thank God I'm a determined little bugger because those mats wouldn't have gone anywhere if I, it, and I, ugh, it's been a long process and I've done a lot of the work. My husband's done a lot of the work. So our builder let us participate in this. I stained every square inch of that barn. I urethaned it. We put two coats of Helmsman urethane on it. That's the other reason why Is the boards look high right now. You sound kind of high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just all jacked up. The, the boards, I don't like the way uh, southern yellow pine yellows, it, it right. ambers over time, yeah. and even turns, more so if you turns use kind your, of darkish color. It just, I, I don't like that yellow look. Yeah. So I said, let me just throw a coat of, of deck stain on it. And I, 
I went to Sherman Williams. They had a forty percent off sale, and I got a couple of uh, gallons of Dextane, oh, I and I put that, that first coat on. Sucked it up. Just oh went. my God, <laughs> it was beautiful. I said, so I can't believe this. You know, for whatever it was, thirty dollars. Normally, Sherman Williams paints and stains are really expensive, so I think it cost me like twenty five, thirty dollars a gallon. But for the price of that stain and the look that it gave my barn, it was so worth it. You know, and that's totally that's just frou frou. That that doesn't really. You know, it gives some protection, but it's really the, the couple of coats of urethane that help protect the wood. Now, you have your tack room and stuff where it's in, inside the, the carriage house or whatever the building is that it's attached to, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it's actually the house was built as a potting shed. It's sort of one of those upside down houses. So the downstairs has a concrete floor and it has these big um, uh, soapstone counter and double sinks. Because so these the people pre- were really into, uh, into flowers and stuff. Very, very, very into it. And so it was this, and then you kind of, you go upstairs and it's got these spiral stairs and um, there's like a studio up top in the middle level. It's not really a bedroom, but there's a bathroom and, you know, it's kind of like a suite. And then there's a loft that you can get to with a ladder and there's a playroom. It is really a, a cool thing. And we've been using it for family who comes to say, because our house being 230 years old is very small and it's you know, we live near the beach, so we thought, well, we bought the house because we like the main house. And then the fact that it came with this sort of a guest cottage was like, all right, great. <laughs> what are we going to do with that? <laughs> um, and then, of course, Helena had the bright idea to turn it back into a barn. So right. anyway, the downstairs um, is sort of this potting shed area. And so we've cut a door between the barn and that potting shed area. And that's where I'm going to keep my tack and my grain. Yeah, because we all know how much flower work you do. Oh, I can't keep a houseplant alive. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, that's cool. Is it, so tell us about having the horses home now. What? Oh, it is, it's beyond awesome. You know, because I wake up every day and it's not a matter of, am I going to be able to get to the barn and ride today? The question is, what are we going to work on today? Of course I'm going to ride today. You know, and that's been, I just remember waking up at five, six o'clock in the morning thinking, how can I squeeze in a ride? If I run to the barn now, before my husband has to catch the train to work, then I can get home and get Gracie off to school. It's none of that, none of that stress. Um, so that's one joy. The other joy is I can blanket them when I need to. I can, you know, if Zeke is a little underweight, I can go out and give him some lunch. I, I, I get to pick my own hay. I get to muck my own stalls and and see how much they're drinking every day. So the stress of not knowing what kind of care they're getting is gone because I know exactly what kind of care they're getting. Um, I'm also a very, very strong believer that um, your horses, your pets in general, and, and your children are a reflection of the environment you create for them. So I, I believe that my horse's behavior, both on the ground and under saddle, will be greatly improved because they have a low-stress environment in which to live. In other words, they're pampered poodles. They're not pampered, really. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, I've seen dressage horses that are far more pampered. And it's not just dressage. I've seen Morgans and saddle seat horses and and even, you know, reining horses that are far more pampered than mine. (laughs) They get their feet picked out twice a day. (laughs) They get turned out. Zeke is old and he's underweight, so he he gets jammies at night. That's it. Right? They they get good hay. They get a little bit of grain. And... uh, well, you they have get... certainly never been accused of, of not taking care of your animals properly. That's for no. sure. No. Uh, that, so, I'm, I'm, you know, and there's always, you know, there's that. We should do a whole show on that sometime. The, the have your horses at home or have them boarded, the positive negatives to both. Yeah. Uh, because there is positives and negatives to both. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there I am. I'm by myself. So I, I had a little experiment yesterday. Oh, and, and Pi has these temper tantrums and I'm figuring out what causes them and when they happen and all that fun stuff. But there I am standing all alone in my you know, eight-year-old national show horse is screaming around the field. And I'm like, oh, please, God, don't hurt yourself. You're all alone. It's, so your support system is gone. Yep. And, you know, and, and that's one of the negatives that people have of keeping the horses at home is they make friends at the barn and there's people to talk to and hang out with. And, and you don't have that as much at home unless you invite people over. Um, right. And then, of course, the other thing is going away and finding people to take care of your horses. Obviously, if you haven't boarded, you don't have to worry about that. Right. But, uh, but, you know, I don't know. We have, we've done both. Uh, and I think it depends what part of life you're into. Right. You know, where you're at in your life. Uh, like right now, I don't think we'd have horses at home again. Yet we did it. You know, how many horses did we have for a long time? Right. Um, so but it, the other thing is 
I didn't bite off more than I could chew. I only went. Yeah, you don't have a barn full of twenty. Exactly. There's a big. I mean, even five is a very big. Well, there's a line, and and I'm sure you know this. The line is at about five horses. If you go from two, you can handle three, you can handle and everything. Once you get to five, it seems like the work triples. There's there's some magic formula there that's probably in a trigonometry class someplace that, you know, you it just seems to triple once you hit that fifth horse and your workload just goes way up. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, it just there's those stages. And then we notice that when you hit about 14, it, it that workload again goes way up. Yeah, I mean, so, that's when you see, you really have to hire people to yes, help you there. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to be able to function. Then I have my job. I have stable scoop and tack and habit. You know, there's I have there's life. Right. And so it's a balance of... Well, let's uh, not forget the husband. And, and uh, God bless him. <laughs> How many trees he's cut down for me. And, I, you know, and the things that still have to be finished on the barn, my husband's going to do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In the meantime, he's cooking for you and all that stuff, too. So He hasn't been doing a lot of cooking oh, really? because he's been cutting down trees. He's been too busy. I he know. probably wants to get back to the cooking. He really like he's a chef, so he really likes to cook. Yeah. Well he's still he's doing his um, you know, his private dinners at Harvard once a week. So Oh good. Is he still doing that? Yes, yeah. Oh great. Yeah. So he um I know. And I he reads me his menus each week because he plans them out early in the week and you know, my tongue hangs out and I drool <laughs> a little bit and I thought, here he is cooking this stuff for twelve other people. <laughs> what do I get? <laughs> Chef Boy R D. Speaking of cooking, let's talk a little bit about horse food. We're gonna talk about horse food. Are we gonna talk about Uncle Jimmy's kind of horse food? Yes. All that right. was a segue. I was hoping I you'd pick it up. <laughs> I did. It just took me a minute. <laughs> I had to shift. All right. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, regular listeners to this show know that Glenn and I just love Uncle Jimmy and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that's why they've taken off like they have. You know, I mean, of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls. I just love hearing you do this I commercial. Know. <laughs> You're fresh. <laughs> and then came squeezy buns, which are my personal favorites. Um so, you know, uh, Uncle Jimmy and his team, they know that we all need to re- reward our, our horse, um, not only inside their stalls, but outside. So Uncle Jimmy and his group developed Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns. They're all natural, and they're loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Mine love them. They will follow me to the ends of the earth, for one. They hear the crinkly crinkly of the individually wrapped package, and they come from wherever they are. <laughs> Well, what's nice about them, too, is they're so squeezy. You can, they're really meant to, you can put uh, medicine inside of them. You can put anything inside yeah, of them. Yeah, and your they're horse good. will eat it. And you can break them up because they're, they're fairly large size, and you can break them up in, in half and remold them and squeeze them, and they're great for training, really good for training. Um, so anyway, they're unlike any other products on the market. Like I said, they're individually wrapped, so their freshness is preserved, and they're not messy. Got to love that. They are competitively priced, and of course, Uncle Jimmy has a quality guarantee. The squeezy buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. We're sure of it. So learn more about these products and to find a dealer at uncle-jimmies.com. That's www.uncle-jimmies.com. Well, we thank Uncle Jimmy for being part of the show, and you know we're glad you have your horses home. Glad that's all good. Now we can hear all the stories of uh, being a uh, new horse farm owner mm-hmm. uh, with the horses at home. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be hearing some stories about that along the way. <laughs> you know, we always talk about there's so much that goes on in the horse world and you, that we don't know about, you know, that there's so many cool things. Did you know that there is a World Percheron Congress? No. Do you know I love Percherons? Percherons are a breed of draft horse. They usually come in gray or black. I always own black ones. We've owned a number of them over the years, and that's my favorite breed of horse. Anybody that's a fan of the show knows that. Well, I just found out the other day when I got an email from a listener, and thank you to the listener. I don't remember who it was off the top right now, but they were telling me that we should go, and I wish I could, to be honest with you, to the World Percheron Congress. Where's that? Well, you know, that's the interesting thing, is it's going to be in Des Moines, Iowa, from October 25th through October 30th. It's a whole week, and they have a 1,000 Percherons competing from Maine to California and from Canada to Alberta to Nova Scotia. They come from all over the country and and, uh, Canada. They have a wide range of classes. They have farm classes where they do plowing and skid logs and things like that. But they also have the four- and six-hand horse hitches. They have 36 
six hand horse hitches scheduled to come in and do showing on on three different nights. Say that number again. Thirty six six horse hitches. Wow. Now, I, when you go to some of these shows and you see demonstrations by the Budweiser, Clydesdales, and, and those kind, yeah. you'll see one. Imagine 36 six-horse hitches in one place. A six-horse hitch is a, is a mouth dropper. Like I you, know. That and alone. See, 36 of them. And then I heard from the president of the association who sent us an email and said, if you guys can get here, we'll make sure you get a ride in one of the six-horse hitches. Oh, wow. And I was like killing myself because I can't go. Um, but you know what? If we didn't have that new show starting November 1st, I'd be going to uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, th- you know, this just you sounds doing like a, your new show. I know. <laughs> this sounds like a riot, though. It really does. So I wanted to put a shout out to the World Percheron Congress. They said, actually, it'll be held in France in 2011 and Canada in 2012. So it travel it actually travels around. Who knew? And it's so you can find more details and see all the pretty pictures at 2010worldpercheroncongress.com. Um, but that's a shout out for my favorite breed there, the Percheron. All right. You know, and and you know, I am we're doing a lot more research now that we're going to be doing a daily show. We have to really pay attention to everything that's going on in the horse world. <laughs> And my wife, thank God, and God bless her, is, is the producer and having to put up with Jamie and I. And she's doing a lot of this research. It's amazing the things that are out there, you know, that we that you never hear about. Um, so, so, you know, we're excited about being able to cover those things, too. Well, it's a big country, and there's a lot of horses. There's a lot of horses, a lot of horse people. A lot people. of horses, yeah. Doing different things. Speaking of doing different things, I, we, I was at the WAG for all 16 days, which is why we did recorded shows here over the last four weeks. And it was a blast. We had a great time. There were so many stories that came out of it. Um, you know, you and I, we don't always... One of the things that we, we tried to do when we did this show is we will have big names on the show, but we, we're really interested in talking to the average everyday horse owner, the, the non-gold medal winners, you know, because right. they have a story to tell, too, and sometimes they're the more interesting story. Well, that's what we found, Samantha and I, as we were all over the horse park for 16 days, which was very tiring, by the way. It's a long time for a horse show. Uh, And the parking was about a mile and a half away from where the park was. Uh, yeah, so we, I walked the first probably 12 days until she finally convinced me that we could take our bikes and not get arrested. You weren't supposed to have bikes, but she <laughs> took her bike from day one, and they wouldn't stop her at the gate. They would just wave to her. So mm. finally, at about the last four days, I took my bike, and I should have done that from the beginning because my feet were killing me. Um, but it was a long way to walk every day. The park's a huge place when they're using all of it like they were. But it was, it was an incredible adventure. There were some things that they really did well and some things that they didn't do so well. The food was absolutely awful, and I was embarrassed to be an American. Uh, the international folks were going, this is what you eat. It was just crappy concession food like you would get at a, uh, at a ballpark. Show. Yeah, you yeah. $10 hamburgers, um, 5 or $6 hot dogs. And I got one of those one day, and the bun was so stale, I just threw it all away. I couldn't even eat it. Mm. Uh, it was bad. I mean, the food was terrible, but everything else was pretty good. The, you know, obviously the shopping was, uh, was unbelievable bit of Britain, you know, who everybody I think knows that you, you, you help out and work with. Um, they, they had lines 20 deep every day. I yeah. mean, that booth was unbelievable. They had a healthy showing there. Yeah, they did. And, and, you know, I'm sure he did pretty well. He had a huge, I mean, store, the store was bigger than any tax shop you'll, you'll have ever seen. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it was huge. That was that took a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of mental energy. I bet he just God got done tearing job. down. <laughs> just, I know it was huge, and and you know he did a great job there, and people loved. You saw a lot of red bit of bit, bit of Britain bags going around, hmm. but the people we met that were the most interesting were the competitors that came in tenth or eighth or twentieth. Mm. They were the ones who were truly just happy to be there. And they were the ones that, that, you know, were so grateful and so thrilled. They didn't care that they came in eighth, you know. We followed the, by the way, and I'm going to confess this on on radio, and I'm going to say it out loud, and I'll go to a 12-step program immediately after. I liked vaulting. I actually spent four days watching vaulting. I didn't let Samantha do any of the vaulting. I did all the vaulting. You watched four days of vaulting? Well, I think part of it was, and I'm going to be honest, part of it was, it's very pretty, and let me tell you, they're athletes. They are truly athletes. Yep, okay. And, and of course, I like draft horses, so the horses were appealed to me. 
But you'd go there in the afternoon. It was climate controlled no matter what the weather was outside. And they were playing great music because they all do it to music. So the music's cranking. The place was packed. They had sold out of vaulting almost every day. Vaulting was one of the few things that sold out. Um, And you're sitting there. And I was sitting down in the press area, which is a little more comfortable. And sitting down with some of my colleagues from Horse and Hound and elsewhere. And, you know, it was great to take little naps that nobody would notice. You could just sit there and I could catch a nap or two in the afternoon, but it was pretty, and I, I actually uh, I got a new appreciation for vaulting over, over the World Equestrian Games, and I, I know, I'll go to a man class immediately after. No, you know uh, what, I think that's the whole point of the World <laughs> Equestrian Games, is to give folks the opportunity to get to know disciplines that they otherwise wouldn't have appreciated. Well, and most of the people, when I stopped people after the vaulting, the people that were in the stands, I would talk to them. And most of them that were there had never seen vaulting before, and they had bought tickets because they wanted to experience it. And you know, most of them were thrilled. It was a, it was a it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good time, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Of course, you know, you know, I, we took in almost everything that was there. We had the opportunity one day, and I talked a little bit about this in Tack and Habit. Uh, I got challenged by the British press that I couldn't get 50 pictures of me with pretty girls in one day. Yes, I'm challenged. <laughs> so, so I got a friend of mine who was also a photographer, and we were at around for a day. Rick, I give you a shout out. Uh, Rick and Michelle from uh, uh, Right Lead Equestrian down there in Louisiana. She's been on the show before. Well, Rick was staying with us, cooking great, uh, great Cajun food for us every night when he was stayed here. And he, he was a great photographer, and he, we went out for a day, and we didn't have any trouble getting those pictures. We had 50 pictures with the pretty girls in no time. But along the way, there were so much other things going on other than the competitions and demonstrations. I met the two girls from Quebec, the two French girls who we had on that did the horseball episode with us. You've not, you are just a big fan of horseball. Oh, I am. And I got to watch a couple of horseball games and I even announced for half a horseball game one day. I had a little bit of time and they didn't have an announcer. I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. I think if you, yeah, but I think that if you weren't doing uh, online radio, you could totally be an announcer. I would love doing that. I think it was a lot of fun and the horseballers were great. They were fun. They were so happy to see me. Um, you know, if you remember, it was Julie and Marie from, uh, Canada yep. and they, they said, and I never got to qualify this. They said that because of the show they did here on stable scoop with us about horseball was part of the reason that they were invited down. So oh. I was glad to hear that. And they had, they did demonstrations every day. That's a tough sport. Um, there are pictures on the 2010 radio show, Facebook page of horseball. It's incredible to what they do. They're out of the saddle, picking up the ball off the ground. It is a, it's a tough sport. It's a contact sport. And it, I don't <laughs> know why it's not popular. I really don't. These are some tough players. And it's males and females together. Okay. So it's not separated like that. And it, they were a riot. Well, we had so much fun chatting that short time I had to spend with them that uh, after their game that day that we invited them over. <laughs> I told my wife, I came home and said, you know how we're both working 18 hours a day for the World Equestrian Games and doing all that? And she said, yeah. And I said, we have 15 horseballers coming over for dinner tomorrow night. (laughs) That's like 15 rugby players. (laughs) It is. And they were great. They absolutely enjoyed coming over. They they said it was so nice to come to a house because they were staying in dormitories. Uh, So it was not comfortable conditions where they were staying and they had been gone for quite a while. So uh, they they came over and we ordered $100 worth of Chinese and we had a great time. They were a lot of fun. So we're definitely going to have to get the horseballers on. You would love that game. Mm. You would like it. It's, I know. It, looks, it just looks like it's a riot. Now, you have to know what you're doing. I mean, when they're hanging out of that saddle to pick up the ball up to go to the ground, there's no hands in the reins about half the time they ride. I'm looking at these pictures. I'm looking at the ones on ponies. I, it looks like a fabulous sport. It, it reminds me a lot of polo, but without the mallet. It's sort of like polo and rugby and basketball all on the horses, you know? And it, it's, uh, they throw the basket, uh, the ball through those big nets that are about 10, 12 feet in the air. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. It was, so that was one of my exciting things was to meet uh, Marie and Julia, give them a shout out, the ho- and all the horseballers from up there. And uh, got to hear a little French. I found out that I don't remember much French from high school. <laughs> uh, pretty much just gone. Yeah. Mared. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was fun. And, uh, you know, we, we got to meet so many cool people. We were following uh, our Spotlight athletes on the 2010 radio show, and we got to meet all of them in person. And, and none of them won, but they all had a terrific time being there. 
Uh, the it was so cute. The English vaulting team came in eighth, but they were so excited. They'd had their best score ever, and they were so excited to meet us. And it was just it was just a uh, you know I can't say how much you know how much of a good time we had. One of the cool things, and and we'll get to this. We have to talk a little bit about equestrian collections, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tease with this. We were recording our shows down at the International Equestrian Festival in downtown Lexington every night. So we'd have to come from the horse park after a long day out there and, and drive down uh, to, the hor- to the International Equestrian Festival where we record our shows. Well, we managed to convince some guests to come down and record with us. One of the set of guests that we had come down was the Swedish reigning team. It was the first time they'd ever qualified, and they were in last place. And it didn't matter. They were they were a blast. We had so I much fun. I love the fact that there is a Swedish. I know, team. isn't that so cool? So, and then one of the girls who is a Swedish reigner, obviously, um, is uh, is over in the United States now, and she's training here. And her name is uh, Isabel. And Isabel, and I'd say her last name, except I can't. <laughs> and and she was so good on the show with us. The Western radio show just had her on as a guest, actually. And, you know, she had hardly had any accent, to be honest with you. But uh, she is also a singer and was apparently very well known on the reigning circuit. She brings her guitar everywhere and she sings. So when we get back from from talking a little bit about equestrian collections, Helena, I'd like to play for you one of the songs that she sang for us uh, during the during the WAG. And I think that, you know, our audience likes this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to enjoy hearing a member of the Swedish reigning team. And as I said, they came in last place, uh, but they had a great time being here. And it was a first experience like this for them. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, remember, this was done live at our table when we were recording at the International Question Festival at the long day. And uh, it, it, we were so shocked with what we heard, and that's why I want to share a little bit of that. But okay. let's talk about Equestrian Collections. You know, fall and winter is coming, especially up there in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and it's going to get cold soon. The leaves are changing. It's going to be, you know, snowing and icy and all of that stuff. Well, you can get everything you need for you, for your horse, for your kids, uh, for your barn. Everything you're going to need for winter, you can find at EquestrianCollections.com. Stop on over there for the, you know, your coats are wearing out. And I know that, you know, you know how many of us, Alina, we, we look at our horse blankets and we go, I'm going to replace that next year. You know, it's got holes, but it'll last the rest of this year. I only have a month. I can get through this year. That's what duct tape is for. Yeah, well, that's what happens is you come back next year and you look at the blanket and go, oh, man, I need to replace that. But I'll get to that later. And then it's got big holes and, you know, the horse is pretty much just getting soaked and you might as well not have the blanket on there. Mm-hmm. So it's time to take a look at that. Now is the time to replace your sheets and blankets. And you can find over 20 name brands of sheets and blankets at a tremendous prices at EquestrianCollections.com. In addition to that, you can find all the outerwear for you, for riding, for your winter boots, for your winter breeches, all of those things that Helena needs up there in Rhode Island and that most of us need here in the country at some point or another over the winter. You can find right there at EquestrianCollections.com. All right, so I want you haven't heard this yet either, I don't believe. Um, so let's take a listen. Let's just take, t- take a lean back and take a listen to uh, this is Isabel from the Swedish reigning team. And, and so, uh, Helena, you can, uh, you can sit back and drink some coffee right now. Okay. Let's get Isabel playing, shall we? Can we yeah, do that let's play? do that. You want to play something for us? All right. What, uh, tell us what you're going to play. Um, well, I'm going to play uh, Traveling Soldier of Dixie Chicks. Okay, cool. All right. Past 18, he was waiting for the buses. Army Green sat down in a booth. A cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she gave him a smile. He said, Would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? I'm feeling a little alone. Set him off in an hour and I
Hey, Helena, I'm going to I'm going to take it down there uh, and we'll we'll actually play a little bit of a second song she did to take the show out today uh, at the end of the show. But uh, isn't she terrific? I'm speechless. And you got to remember, she had just come off of riding in the world equestrian games, you know, so I'm a really big Dixie Chicks fan. Oh, uh, you know, and I'm a really big Dixie Chicks fan. And it is so hard to reproduce a song that uh, Natalie Maines, forget it. You, you know, most people just can't touch her. This girl I, I just I had me appreciating that song so much. I, I, I'm, think, I'm sitting back listening. I'm like, oh, my God, how do I get this on Facebook? How do I share this? <laughs> how do I, we don't even have a YouTube video that we can make go viral. Like, I know. And, and you what can find, a great voice. If everybody wants to listen to uh, the rest of that song, they can uh, go to uh, 2010radioshow.com, episode 112. And, and you can go into about, about uh, 20 minutes left in the show, and that's where that song is. And she just did a great job, and then she sang a second one to take out the show. And we'll put that one in. Brian, go ahead and put that one in as we take out today's show. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was those little moments that I just, uh, that meant so much during the mm-hmm. World of Question Games. And having gotten to spend the entire time there, we were there every day, 12 hours a day, you know, we saw most of the competitions, but yet it was the other things that the people I bumped into, the fans of the shows that I bumped into. I must have had 50 people stop me and who recognized my voice um, and who was saying, are you Glenn? And, they, you know, I had a lot of people <laughs> saying, is Helena here? And I, no, Helena's Aww. not here. But it was it was amazing. It was truly amazing. And we were, you know. We were treated with a lot more respect from the Horse Radio Network than we had been in the past by the press and by, by everybody there. And that mm-hmm. was nice to see. But, you know, our listenership uh, in the month of, uh, last month, in the month of September, thanks to the end of the, you know, we did some daily shows for the World Equestrian Games and things. Uh, we went over 54,000 unique listeners last month. Wow. For all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network. So thank you to all our listeners. We appreciate that. We appreciate everybody who tuned in to all our special coverage. We put out 25 special episodes during the World Equestrian Games, and that was a lot of fun. And, you know, and Helena, believe it or not, we're almost out of time. <laughs> oh, boy. I just looked over at the clock and went, oh, my God, we've been talking here, and we, we've, we've killed an hour without any trouble at all. And this is how the whole show, this is how the Horse Radio Network started, people. Yes, it was just us talking. We didn't have any guests because nobody came on with us. <laughs> <laughs> and an hour would go by and we've just chatted away. And see, then we're, we're going back to our roots. That's I know. I know. Well, next week we'll probably have a guest again. So okay. We'll probably do that again next week. But it was fun. It was worth seeing. It will probably, you know, who knows if it ever come back to the United States. Next one will be in France in 2014. It's going to be in Normandy, France, which will be interesting in itself. And, of course, before that, we have the 2012 Olympics with uh, jumping, uh, dressage, and eventing as well. So uh, that's, there, that's going to be an interesting venue there, too. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention was big news in the horse world this week was uh, Totilis, uh, Totilis uh, it, you know, mm-hmm. the horse that won all the dressage medals ridden by Edward Gow. Yeah, um, you know, was announced this week that he'd been sold uh, right after the games. Yeah, for how much? Uh, well, the rumor is twenty million. <laughs> um, that's the rumor, and he went to a German hunter jumper rider, uh, who is saying now that that there's there's some speculation about whether he has found a German rider. In other words, take it from the Dutch or you know, and give it to the Germans, so the Germans can compete in dressage again. But you know, it was that I kind of have mixed feelings about that because I think it was kind of the it was the team. It was Edward Gal and the horse who really made this a, a phenomenon over the last couple of years. And I'm not too sure that's going to be able to be replicated with somebody else riding the horse. So we'll see yeah. what's going to happen. Chris did a very special episode of the Dressage Radio Show where she got a, comments and opinions from around the world. Uh, uh, you know, Dressage people from around the world were commenting on it, and that'll be at dressageradio.com. So she did a special episode on that, had Debbie McDonald on with her, chatting about all the ramifications there. Now, the other thing this guy could do is just put, put, uh, put him into breeding. You know, he's a stallion, so... Uh, you know, his babies will probably do okay, uh, price-wise. Right. But, you know, would you do it? Would you do it? You had a horse like that. You've just broken every world record there is and all that stuff. Um, would you turn around then and it, if you were offered $20 bucks and sell your horse? Yeah. I would, too. You know, I, there's a price. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you know, 
yeah, your frame of mind is totally different. Well, it's, now the other thing is he didn't own that pet. horse. Yeah. He didn't own that horse. That was owned by owners, so he really didn't have a choice. That's true. I mean, that's that's the frustrating thing about being a, a pro is you have to let go of the good stuff when someone else tells you you have to let go. But you're an owner. Your horse is now at the peak, really the peak. He's just, he won three gold medals at the WEG. He set world records all of last But he year. didn't own the horse. No, but what I'm saying is you're the owner of the horse. You're yeah. offered 20 million bucks when a horse could go lame tomorrow. You're going to take it. You yes, know? this is true. I'd, you know, it would be interesting to do a show sometime on, on what's everybody's price for a horse. We all have our price. No matter how much we love that horse, I believe everybody has a price. But, Glenn, I don't think we could do that in one show. No, that's, that's true. That's a conversation that could go on for years and years. That's true. You know, and I've had horses. We've all sold horses. That If you've been in the horse business for any period of time and you've had a number of horses, you've sold horses because you've had to. You've needed the money. Right. And there are horses that you wish you hadn't sold later, but you didn't have a choice at the time. Um, it's just part of being in the horse business. So, And sometimes you don't know the true value of a horse until you've lived with it for 20 years. That's true. And it's, you know, it's packed your kid around or it's pulled you out of the dirt one too many times or it's just, you, you know, there, there's, I look at Zeke and how much I paid for him. And, and as even though he, he can't be ridden now, his worth is so much more to me than what I paid for him. When it, you know, we all have that horse of a lifetime, too. The one, that special horse that probably will never be duplicated. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that before, too. And, you know, you know, I had a pony like that that was a driving pony that I'll never duplicate Piper. You know, she was one uh-huh. of a kind for me. I always talk about her. Yeah, but she was. I mean, and you, you, you know, I, you, I don't know. Have you had that horse yet? Do you feel? No, not yet. Okay, well, you will. And, you know, that'll be the horse of your lifetime, you know. And unfortunately, I don't think you ever totally duplicate that. You might find another one that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, just like dog, I, I believe that's that way with dogs, too. I've had the dog of a lifetime, yep. yes. Yep, and okay. you're not going to duplicate that dog. No matter yeah. how hard you try, you're just going to frustrate yourself. Ever. Um, yeah. You know, but that's, but that's okay. You, we enjoy the memories of that. Of, at least we had that one, you know, uh, that very special one. So Yeah. They yeah. teach you. They teach you things. They change who you are. They they have an impact on you. Your life. They mold you. They they, yeah, they get in your heart and they never leave. Well, yeah, that's absolutely right. And so you know what, I am uh, I am I'm really exci- you know I'm I'm excited that I went to the World Equestrian Games. I'm excited we did the show. I miss Samantha. We had dinner together last night, Aww. and I met the most fascinating lady we have to have on the show. Uh, and we'll end with this today. But she. She she had done endurance for a long time, and she does eventing now, which is mild compared to what she did in endurance. <laughs> she did the Tevis Cup, but apparently there's an expanded Tevis Cup where you do 50 miles before the Tevis Cup and 50 miles after the Tevis Cup. Like the Tevis Cup is a 100-mile race through the mountains. California isn't hard enough. Yeah. There's, there's a four-day version of it. So she has done that, and the story she tells had us just shaking our heads last night. I said, you have to come on the Stable Scoop show. So we're going to have her on to tell her stories. It was just amazing stories from her time as an endurance rider. Let me tell you, I told her at the end, I said, I hope that they never get you for the Endurance Association as, as the spokesperson because nobody is going to sign up. Uh, the stories were just that incredible. It made you go, I'm never doing that. <laughs> this is just crazy. <laughs> so, so I want to have her on. You'll be fascinated. You'll just want to ask her a thousand questions. Um, it was a lot of fun. So we're going to have her on the show at some point too. It was fun to meet her. And I got to see Samantha last night and we both missed doing the 2010 show. It was kind of part of our life for a couple of years. So I know and it's she, amazing. That's going to be over. It is it's, over. It's done. We, we recorded our last show and, and that's all over now. So, so it's, uh, it's back to stable scoop. Uh, and and uh, yeah, and Horses in the Morning starts November first. Don't forget, everybody, you can listen live at horsesinthemorning.com or horseradionetwork.com or one of uh, about twenty different websites around the internet that have now confirmed. Uh, we have the horse.com involved. Uh, they're going to do a weekly segment on on horse health. Uh, we have the Chronicle involved. Uh, they're going to do a weekly segment on Fridays on what's hot in the forums. Um, so we're going to do that every Friday and then we got horse city involved and a bunch of other websites. So, uh, we have some great segments for you. Jennifer, my wife is doing book reviews, so she's going to review the latest horsey books out. We have, uh, Michelle, our friend from Louisiana is doing movie reviews. And of course we're going to have to review secretariat first. Uh, 
I got to go see that. You got to go see that. Have uh, you seen it? Yeah, we saw it and we loved it. Now you have to go in, take your child because this is a kid's movie. Okay. Um, it, we have to go in thinking it's a Disney movie. Once you go in thinking it's a Disney movie and you realize it's going to be a Disney movie, mm-hmm. then you'll, you'll appreciate it a lot more. I've had people that have gone in, that friends of ours that haven't liked it because they said it's too Disney. Well, it was a Disney movie. Okay, if you go in expecting a Disney movie that your, your daughter is going to love, then you'll like it. And Jamie uh, saw it yesterday, the new host for Horses in the Morning, and she liked it. Um, so, so we're going to be talking about that. I think we're going to have the jockey who played the jockey in the movie on with us on Horses in the Morning uh, So the first week. So we're hoping to get him on as well. So wow. go see the movie. It, it, was, it was worth seeing. I liked it. Go in expecting a Disney movie, though. I would okay. say it's, not, it's up to Seabiscuit level. You probably saw Seabiscuit. I did, yes. Yeah, and it wasn't quite up to that level, but it was a fun movie. And okay. it really did. Bring your tissues. We were, you, there are places you're crying and everything else. So. Well, I, yeah, I'm interested to see what Jennifer in particular thought. because I Same know, thing. She loved it, too. Secretary. Okay. And she says the same thing when somebody goes to see it. Uh, bring your tissues. <laughs> it's a good Disney movie. It did she you... get all choked up? Yes, you do get choked up in this movie. Okay, good. Yeah, and I did too. But I'm a, I like vaulting, so what do I know? <laughs> I've lost all my you horse husbandhood. <laughs> well, you see now it makes me want to go and check out vaulting. Uh, it, I, I loved it. I would go to see vaulting again. Uh, no question about it. Well, Helena, I think we're done. We're going to have, uh, we're going to end with, with our Swedish Rainer Isabel again. And we're going to, she's going to sing another f- song for us to take out the show. And I just thank everybody that, that came on with us during the 2010 radio show and we're part of it. We thank Samantha, of course. Uh, you know, I really appreciated all her efforts. She put in a lot of hard work to that show over the past couple of years. And for 16, <clears throat> I can't, still can't talk, for 16 days, she didn't quit. She Aww. just went nonstop getting interviews yes. and little videos. You saw little videos she put up. Um, she did a great job. So shout outs to Samantha. Thank you very much. You're a good friend and look forward to working with you on something in the future. And Helena? Yes? We'll be back again next week. With? Ah, oh, we're back, aren't we? <laughs> we'll be back next week with the scoop. <laughs> oh, and more blooper reels. Play that music, will ya? <laughs> And that heaven is overrated and tell-